Are you ready for some more XFL? I know you are. Welcome back to XFL Extra, the podcast brought to you by XFLboard.com. I'm your host, Mark Nelson, and this is our 38th episode. As the XFL is busy forming their league for the 2023 season, I'm sure they can't help but watch the progress of the USFL as they continue their 10-week season. Many things are common between the two leagues, but none more important than the players. The USFL and XFL represents opportunities to many players who have been especially sidelined by coronavirus-related league shutdowns. With a fresh breeze of new football opportunities in the air, it is all good, right? The past is just the past, right? In this podcast, I speak to Kenneth Farrell, a former San Diego Chargers, San Antonio Commanders, and Seattle Dragons running back, and current chairman of the United Football Players Association, UFPA. We talk about how the UFPA is working to support USFL players currently in Birmingham, and the intention to unionize USFL players under the United Steelworkers. Kenneth explains how they hope to create a work environment so that leagues like the USFL, who have been historically short-lived, can survive and thrive. In doing so, his hope is to assure players are dealt with transparently, respectfully, and professionally. And that's really the means to an end. Also, we asked Kenneth about the possibility of him coming back to play with the XFL. I call this episode Better Together. It's about football players looking at more playing opportunities and making sure those playing opportunities lead to stronger football leagues. Are you ready? As usual, we won't waste any time. Let's get started. I'd like to welcome United Football Players Association, UFPA Chairman, Kenneth Farrell, a former NFL, AAF, and XFL running back. Welcome, Kenneth. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, it's good to speak to you again. Now, you've been on this podcast a couple times before, the last time talking about the UFPA when it was just formed. Now, yes, uh, for our listeners, what is the UFPA? Well, basically, we started off as a um, as a trade association, just kind of trying to uh, help guys out through bankruptcy. You know, we had the AAF bankruptcy. We had the XFL bankruptcy. Um, so initially, you know, just trying to figure out how we can help guys through those situations and some of the things that, you know, we had went through in the past leagues and, you know, it's kind of transformed into, um, being able to have a real voice and, and, you know, potential being able to represent players in these leagues, um, as a, as a real players association. So at at the core of it, you know, we want to look out for the players. We want to make sure that there's some transparency involved when we're getting into these situations with these leagues that are popping up just because of some of the, you know, craziness that has gone down in the past. So, um, you know, that, that's at the core of it. That's why we started it and, you know, excited to see kind of how fast it's growing and where we're able to, you know, do with it and and go from here. Now you're no stranger to some of the things that have gone on. And as a matter of fact, and, and maybe, uh, have been, uh, a part of, uh, of the history of the, of some of these leagues, uh, you came out of college, uh, and in 2016 you were drafted. Sorry, you were signed by the Chargers as an undrafted free agent in 2016, and you played for the Chargers. Came out of the NFL, and, and you were drafted by the San Antonio Commanders of the AAF. Now that must have been exciting. 
Oh yeah, definitely. It was a it was a chance for me to get back out on the field. I had a a rough couple a rough start to my career. I had a shoulder blade surgery, ankle reconstruction, and you know I'm going into my third year with you know zero playing time of me being healthy except for my first preseason game. And uh, so the AAF kind of offered me an opportunity to get out there, show what I could do, um, healthy. So uh, that was a you know a great situation. Yeah, of course. And if, of course, you made the most of it because uh, your play with the San Antonio Commanders was noted uh, noteworthy, and especially in week four when you had a 142-yard game uh, against uh, a very tough Birmingham Iron defense. And led uh, that led to a win and, and not you being naming, being named AAF Offensive Player of the Week. So that was a real feather in your cap, wasn't it? Absolutely. We had a, definitely had a good thing going in San Antonio. Uh, you know, Mike Riley was there as head coach, and that was my first time with Mike Riley uh, in that type of offense. And I thought it was uh, it was pretty cool the way you know we all got to come together. There was a lot of guys from Texas on that roster. So there was a lot of continuity right off the bat. And we just had, we had a special kind of culture there uh, in San Antonio <clears throat> for as short of a time as it was to kind of get together. Everybody kind of banded together really quickly. So that was a, uh, that was a fun time and a good experience. Yeah. It's, it's cool to hear about that. That Mike Riley team was, uh, was that type of uh, team. Cause he's, he's responsible for a lot of championships that people aren't really aware of, of his success for many years. Now, of course, what happened to the AAF was the worst happened. Is it? It had to. It closed. It went bankrupt, right? Right. And I mean, those went from high times of your football career to to the probably lowest lowest times because um, when things were looking up, then it went down, right? Yeah, definitely. You know, it was um, kind of caught everybody, you know, blindsided a little bit. Um, there was a little bit of you know rumbling of you know a potential for it to happen. And then we were actually out on the practice field and, you know, all of a sudden, you know, the whistle gets blown and, you know, they're calling the ball up. And then, you know, the kind of aftermath after that was, you know, it got pretty ugly, you know, guys having to, you know, pay for flights back home and really just happen to get out immediately um, and figure out ways to get back home. And so it was just kind of a, it happened so fast that, you know, until we kind of got through the whole experience and got back settled where we were at, it was like, Dang, what did we what did we just go through? That was crazy. We were playing one day and then, you know, had to basically evacuate the city the next day. So it was a uh, it was a pretty wild time. Yeah, certainly crazy times is something that that is probably not one of your favorite moments in a football career. Uh, after the AAF folded, you looked toward the XFL and you got drafted by the Seattle Dragons, and you were a member of the Dragons for five weeks, and then the XFL folded for different reasons, mind you. But it did it did go bankrupt. Right. Yeah, so, and that, like you said, different reasons, um, COVID, and you know there was you know you know same situation though. You know you got the bankruptcy, you got everything that kind of folds, and you know same thing. Guys kind of just had to you know pack up and get out of there. So pretty wild, you know, for two leagues, you know, back to back like that, and. Just some of the experiences, I think, as players, we were able to, you know, get an opportunity to get out there, but also learn a lot um, in those two experiences with those two leagues. And, you know, we hope to kind of, you know, bridge that gap of things that we learned and things that, you know, we felt like were good and bad from, from the leagues and just try to uh, put something together to, you know, be able to help and, you know, get these things going and keep them up and running and, 
you know, have resources for guys and things like that. I think one of the things you explained to me uh, in the past was that uh, a lot of the football players and, and friends of yours and, and uh, comrades and, and mates, they didn't really know what to do. There was, and there was legal, uh, there was legal papers and legal decisions being made and they didn't really even know how to uh, decode them. And you, and you, came about a need for that type of support right right I think I think it was you know it was more so you know a lot of guys were just kind of either unaware of what was going on because you know we all I fell in the same boat you know we figured out you know kind of late in the process that you know we had missed deadlines to file claims for bankruptcy but you know there was a lot of guys that didn't get any notices about it and you know so there was just a there was a mix of things that was going on during that situation where, you know, players were just kind of, you know, either not informed, not made aware, or, you know, not, you know, didn't have any type of, you know, resources to figure out how to go about that. I think that was the first time as players that we've had to dig into the business side as much as we had to do to figure out, you know, all the, all the X's and O's. We went through bankruptcy 101 with the two, with the two cases for about six, seven months, just, you know, figuring out, you know, what it meant, what was, what were we going to get back, what were we going to see, you know, all these types of different things. And so we had to kind of take a deep dive into, you know, a different aspect of, of what football really is when it comes down to, you know, a business perspective. And, you know, so I think we definitely learned a lot from going through that process. Um, so, yeah, it was definitely a different, a different, um, it was a different type of a different type of deal that we had to go through with those with those two leagues falling and going bankrupt and having to work our way through that. Right, and uh, that's really how the uh, UFPA was was formed at that point in time. And uh, so, what's been happening more recently? You've been uh, people from UFPA have been talking to USFL players, haven't you? Yeah, we've been down there. I mean, that's the one thing about football. It's not like, you know, we've, we've all played with each other. Everybody knows everybody, um, from everywhere. It's, uh, it's a really tight, you know, it's a really tight group of guys that are able to, you know, get these opportunities to play at these levels and, and get to play on TV. So, um, I mean, Trey Williams is there with Mike Riley. You know what I mean? I feel, you know, I told Trey, you know, if, if we don't have to set this up and even the fact that we did set it up, you know, I still got an itch to go out there and suit up for the generals a little bit just because, you know, of, of all of our history together. So, you know, it's um, it's uh, there's a continuity between us that I think these last two years have kind of brought us a lot closer together as, as just a collective group of players of really having to look out for each other and try to figure out, you know, how to either recover funds or, you know, um, you know, there's a lot of things. There's younger guys that were in that league for and that was their first professional chance and you know insurance was set up for him and then it goes bankrupts and that stuff you know falls out the window and you know so there was just a lot of uh a lot of a lot of guys communicate over the past two years that kind of built that up to what we were able to build up today and um and um so it's been it's been uh it's been an interesting journey but i think it's been good for all of us as players uh we've been able to really come together and 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 put some things together that you know will hopefully benefit us in the long run so the latest uh, news is that the the, uh, the USFL players have filed to join the United United Steelworkers Union. Is that correct? 
Right. Well, the, we we as a UFPA, we've been able to partner with the steel workers as they've kind of walked us through, you know, what that would look like. Um, so the steel workers are doing what they do from from a labor side of things, and uh, we've been able to kind of facilitate some of that and, and and get that up off the ground and get that rolling. And um, in the in, in the meantime of that going on, we've been able to set up some resources for guys down there in Birmingham. Uh, whether it be corporate housing or some meal preps or chiropractors or massages, you know, these are all things that as players we've had to go through the last two years and um, kind of put together um, in the AAF and the XFL. Uh, we were able to, you know, bring some of these resources in, whether it was a guy knowing somebody locally and, um, you know, setting something up for guys, um, you know, so we've been able to just kind of do some things that, make the day-to-day a little bit easier on the guys um, as they're going through, you know, a quick, you know, three-month in-and-out season of trying to get, you know, the most opportunities to get film and continue their career. You know, we just try to set up resources and guys um, and, and try to help guys out as much as possible. So that's definitely, you know, kind of where we're at. We, we partner with the steel workers. They're working the, um, the labor side of things, and, you know, we're trying to, uh, just keep guys upright for the for the ten weeks while they're there. So that being said, it, it's it's in the league's uh, best interest to have a stronger player group uh, for the time that they're with the USFL playing in the ten week season, right? You know, absolutely. I think that's something that you know we don't want to we don't want any you know messages getting you know um, construed a little bit because at the end of the day, we as players. You know, we view these opportunities as um, something that is able to keep, you know, the dream alive and being able to keep us going. So, you know, nobody, we understand fully, too, you know, what the financial situations are. You know, nobody is is starting this thing to try to make millions or, but we've gone through so much the last two years as players. And we understand that, you know, if we don't have some basic protections, you know, outlined and, and are able to sit at the table as a, as a partnership, as just as any other corporation has, you know, um, labor forces put in place. You know, we've kind of, you know, we've, we've had the short end of the stick happen to us, you know, multiple times. And, you know, it's, it's tough for a lot of the guys. I think that's the cool part about the association is we got so many guys that have been all over the place. We got guys that, you know, played overseas. We got guys that played in arena and they busted their tails in arena to get to the XFL, AAF. So you got so many guys with so much experience from all over the place. And it's like, you know, as we start to come together and collectively, you know, meet and, and things like that, you know, there's just a common goal of us wanting to be able to go into a situation, um, you know, have the things in place that we need in place to get through a season, you know, physically, uh, nutritionally, you know, all these different types of things that maybe kind of get lost in, lost in the um, – and the preparation of a league as these leagues have started to step up, you know, there's so much focus on marketing. There's so many things. And what we want to do is we want to be able to come in, have a healthy, have a healthy relationship, have a healthy partnership, uh, and be able to set things in place for guys to benefit and just keep the league going and keep it, you know, sustainable. Um, and more than anything, our number one goal is to protect the players and provide, you know, resources that they need to get through a, a football season you know i mean just because you know it's not the nfl level doesn't mean that guys aren't out there banging their bodies against each other you know there's guys with nfl experience guys with cfl experience so um the game is still the game at the end of the day so 
um, you know, number one goal, we want to see these things be sustainable and last and continue to provide opportunities uh, for players. You know, I would think the USFL has, has really get interested in having a sustainable league as well. Um, I mean, that's got to be their plan is to continue this on uh, for uh, for year to year. And, and, and as a result, as he pointed out, provide opportunities for players who are more than willing to go out there and, and bang their bodies around for the league. Uh, so it needs there needs to be a fair deal between the two, I would think. That's 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 what I'm hearing from you. Right, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, with the USFL, have, have they been receptive to the UFPA's uh, advances or their uh, your uh, what you've been doing in Birmingham? Uh, you know, like I said, we we we've we've got in there. We've set up resources for the players um, as as a. As a UFPA, as an organization, you know, what we're doing right now is exactly that. We're trying to set up the resources. You know, right now the steel workers and, um, and, and Fox are going through what they go through with the process of being able to make that happen. So uh, we'll kind of let that play out and, and see, how it, see how it winds up. But, you know, we're doing all we can for the players right now because at the end of the day, like I said, this is not something where we're coming in and, you know, nobody's trying to say, hey, this isn't, you know, X, Y, Z, you know, or this this situation or that situation. You know, we want these guys to be able to play 10 weeks. We want them to get to the championship game, get as much film as they can and try to go on to the next level. So this is really about setting things up um, moving forward um, and and trying to, you know, just kind of set the bar and, and get a voice at the table uh, for these spring leagues moving forward. So. Uh, I think, you know, as far as that goes, you know, it's, it's been good. We've been able to, to talk to the players. We've been able to set these things up and facilitate, you know, information to guys to be able to help them out. So, you know, from here, it's kind of just, you know, letting letting our partners at the steel workers do what they do and, and us, you know, just continuing to help the guys out. And, you know, we'll see where it goes as this process continues. Yeah, fair enough. And I noticed in your, uh, in your, your memo that you released that, uh, one of the uh, supports that you're providing is a, uh, a corporate housing options. In other words, to, to trying to provide the players uh, cost-effective housing while they're in, uh, in, in Birmingham, right? Absolutely. You know, some of the guys you got, like I said, you got so many guys in so many different situations. Some guys are coming from playing in the CFL or NFL and having a little bit more money. And, you know, some guys, this is their first chance. And, you know, sometimes, you know, guys, you know, they get out there and that might not be the only rent that they're paying. They might be paying double rent right now. So uh, we've got out there, we found some corporate housing options that, you know, have winded up, you know, being, um, um, you know, a little bit um, cheaper than some of the options that they have now. So um, that's, like I said, at the end of the day, we're trying to get out there and, and set up as many resources as we can to, you know, just help the players through through this 10 weeks. And I think that was one of the big ones, the, the corporate housing. And then obviously chiropractors and massages to obtain the body. Uh, you know, those were things that we wanted to get set up right away because those are things that are needed as soon as you get there. Right. Yeah, well, that sounds great. That sounds like those all sound like great ideas. Uh, one of the things you pointed out is that um, there's an opportunity for these players because they're, they're actually performing on television each week. And not only that, there's uh, a special uh, television uh, uh, reality program, United by Football. Have you seen it? Oh, yeah. 
Yep, yep. They got the uh, little documentary series and got the cameras following guys. And yeah, definitely. So that's, I, I'm sure that's, that, of course, that's been done before by NFL films, but it seems that they're advancing the amount of coverage that players can get in that in a series right. like that. And uh, I mean, there's, I guess the first episode they focused, one of the things they focused on was running back Devon Smith getting cut uh, by Pittsburgh Maulers head coach Kirby right. Wilson because of the, he didn't want to eat the chicken salad. He wanted the pizza. And they, they seemed to focus on that. And of course they showed him getting cut from the team. Now that's something different, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and, you know, that's kind of, that's, you know, situations like that is, you know, why we feel like, you know, we need to have a voice um, in these situations because, you know, we, I don't think, um, you know, he was fully aware of the situation going in. I've got to talk to Devion. We've, we kind of talked about, you know, the situation and uh, what happened. And so, you know, when it comes to trying to protect guys from situations like that, I don't think there's a, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with uh, what happened at all. Uh, there was a guy that just didn't want to eat something and he gets cut for it. That's a little bit, I've never seen that happen, you know? So um, when we talk about putting protections in place and, and things like that. And, you know, was there a written notice for the violations or was there anything like that in place? And so those are things that, you know, as a players uh, union, we want to be able to go in and um, hopefully prevent from happening in the future. Uh, because I think uh, Mark Tressman came out, the, the head coach from the Vipers. Uh, I actually retweeted that kind of showing the support and the, and, and just everybody kind of came behind Devion Smith, just, uh, supporting him and his character and who he is as a person. And so, uh, for that to be aired on TV, that's a, that's a difficult situation for him. I think that puts him in a little bit of a, a of a bad light for, you know, potential leagues moving forward and for it to be something surrounded around that issue. Uh, that seemed, you know, it just seemed a little funny. Uh, so, you know, I think that's something that, you know, we're continually talking to Debbie on about, um, and trying to see, you know, the details of that situation and, you know, obviously now, you know, they release them and that's a part of, of the contract. So, but those are things that, you know, we've looked at and those are some of the, you know, those fall under some of the top issues when we are talking about player protections and putting things in place where, you know, things like that, you know, if you get cut for, you know, reasons to be cut by, you know, that's a different situation, but, that kind of that kind of felt like uh felt a little funny watching that and I feel bad for Devion and you know I think there was enough people that came behind him to support to kind of make sure that you know his character and you know uh is still in place and everybody knows that you know what happened and got his side of the story so yeah you know it's it struck me as it was sensationalized for the television audience more than anything else and of course they never there was a lot of things that weren't covered in that that episode but the the cutting of him was covered uh i'm not even sure that coach kirby wilson uh doesn't have a complaint because he he was painted in a bad picture himself so uh yeah and the producers of the show did that it probably wasn't uh, anything else it wasn't football related that's for sure uh right now, and and i think a part of that you know um 
you know, there's, it's a it's a journey for these guys. You know, I've been through it personally. Uh, luckily, I got to, you know, get to NFL, spend a little bit of time there, you know, banged up, but still nonetheless. And um, to have things like that happen, you know, publicly, when guys are, you know, out there giving it their all and, and chasing their dreams, um, that's, that's not part of, you know, that's not part of the game. So that was an unfortunate situation. And like I said, those are, those are going to be, you know, some of the things that are, have been on the top of our list when we talk about stuff that we want to be able to discuss and hopefully get changed moving forward. Well, it's good to hear. Now, going forward to the XFL, because the XFL is planning on playing uh, less than a year from now. So they're going to be recruiting uh, players through combines this summer, and and there's going to be a draft, and that whole process is going to restart. And a whole bunch of new football opportunities are going to open up. Now, the new XFL owners claim to be building a player-centric league. Now, they've been saying this for a long time, that they're going to be player-centric. Now, that must... That must ring uh, a bell for you. That it must sound like something that you're uh, you're interested in. Absolutely, I think as a player, you want to walk into a situation where um, it's a professional environment where you can develop as a player and um, continue to get better. Uh, and so, you know, like I said, we've seen we've seen a, the, these leagues pop up several times now, and I think what the XFL looks to be doing right now and everything that they're putting out. I think players are excited about that opportunity. They've named some big time, you know, coaches, uh, you know, Hines Ward, Terrell Buckley, uh, Anthony Beck. They've named some guys that have some real credibility in the football world and um, guys you fully expect to go out there and um, showcase who they are and who they've always been. But in the in a different light as a head coach as a uh, new league has opportunity so you know with all that being said and 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 like you said the 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 messaging of them being player centric i think it's um something that everything sounds really good everything looks really good and uh excited to see how that continues to pan out i think you have some really good football minds um within the uh, development of that so i'm um, excited to see how that pans out yeah, they do have the right staff, it seems. You know, they're building the right staff, and, the, and the, they've got the coaches lined up now, and the, the uh, assistant coaches are also being uh, leaked right now. So the coaching staffs are getting together. Um, I guess they just need players, and then they need to show us how they're going to be player-centric. I'm, I'm sure uh, those are some milestones coming up. Uh, I think do believe they're going to have a – a reality show similar to USFL does uh, in some way or another. They're going to want to pro- they're going to want to promote their league in that way. So that might be a, another opportunity for players if it's done correctly, right? Absolutely, absolutely. I think the game is you know this game is so you know popular here um, in North America, and I think you know the game itself is gonna as long as you have the right pieces in place and you get the right players involved and they're out there and they're doing what they're, what they're passionate about. Um, I think it's gonna, it's gonna be successful. And I don't think there, you know, needs to be, um, too much more than just the ups and downs of what football is for guys, um, to make this thing go. And so we're excited to see, um, like I said, I'm excited to see everybody's kind of excited to see, you know, what, what that's going to look like for them. Um, obviously, like I said, with, with some of the people they've announced that are part of it. Um, it looks to be, uh, looks to be a good thing. 
You know, one of the things uh, previous XFL that you were part of, of course, uh, worked on was player safety. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's still an issue, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a violent game. Uh, there's you're not ever gonna avoid you know injuries like that. Um, but yeah, player safety is definitely definitely uh, at the top of the list when we're talking about you know just things that. You know, when it comes down to medical, when it comes down to things like that, that's, you know, that's at the top for sure. Of course. So that's probably something to look for. Well, I, ho- I hope you get a sit down with the with the people from the XFL uh, coming up before the before the end of this year, especially to talk to them about concerns that the UFPA might have or not, maybe not concerns, but ways that the UFPA could help them. Would that I think that would be something good, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, for, for, for us, you know, we have, we've literally gone through, we've gone through the bankruptcies, we've gone through, you know, all the stuff that we've, you know, had to get accomplished the last two years to try to help guys out from just some of the aftermath. So when you talk about, you know, who, who makes up the UFPA, I mean, you know, we've helped out every guy that we could, that we, that we've been able to in that bankruptcy case from the XFL. So, you know, it's not like it's um, a bunch of guys that don't have a history within the league. So uh, I think I, I, I think it'll be a positive. Uh, I think it'll be positive. I think that sit down will happen. And, you know, um, with all the guys there um, that have poured their, you know, hearts into football for as long as they have, uh, if they're player centric, I don't see that being a problem uh, to be able to sit down with those guys. Um, and I think that's one thing as players that we've looked at and there's a respect from from players to them um, just for the preparation process and all that they're doing. You know, they announced training camp, you know, a year ahead of time that gives guys plenty of time to um, figure out their situations and continue training, be in tip-top shape. Um, so, you know, they're doing all the right things right now, I think. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be exciting to see that league come out. And as a matter of fact, it, I'd like to say it'd be exciting to see the USFL keep going as well. So, uh, more opportunities for for football players is probably the best thing uh, that that could happen, especially after the coronavirus stuff that's been going on. Absolutely, absolutely. You got so many guys out there that you know are looking for their first professional opportunity. Um, so to be able to have sustainable multiple leagues here, you know, that's just uh, like I said, I mean, you can't ask more than uh, for. You know, opportunity is what, you know, guys are looking for at the end of the day. So those would be great. Well, sounds good. It seems like you have a long road ahead. Now, is there any chance that you're going to strap on the pads for again for the XFL? <clears throat> Man, I'm telling you what, the, the, I told you earlier, Trey Williams, all my guys out there, all, all the guys that out there, Brock Miller, there's so many guys that I've got to play with and being around there, man, I've been itching, you know, the last, <laughs> the last month and a half, man, I'm like, ah, you know, but, but we got a lot of work ahead of us, and I think, you know, what we're doing right now um, can be really big for us as players at this level. And um, and so we're focused on that right now. But, you know, we're going we're gonna to stay ready, you know, just in case. But, you know, we got a lot of work ahead of us. Oh, good. It's good to hear. And I'd like to wish you best with the work you have ahead of you. And uh, people can find out more on the UFPA website. Is that right? Is it unitedplayers.org? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. So so people, uh, fans and players can go to unitedplayers.org and find out more about the UFPA. 
and I think there's a form on there where players can sign up for more information. Is that right? All right. Well, it's been nice speaking with you again, Kenneth. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Mark. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thanks again to my guest, Kenneth Farrell. Thank you for patiently explaining the work of the United Football Players Association and describing how its work is meant for the betterment of football leagues. I hope you enjoyed today's interview. You are welcome to come back next time, where we will have more guests and more XFL. Until next time, this was your host, Mark Nelson, and I hope you enjoyed XFL Extra, the XFLboard.com podcast. <laughs> <laughs>